the Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Merry Christmas. Good afternoon and welcome to Exploring the Word. Jim Stanley in studio with Dr. Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. And it is always a lot of fun when we're in the studio together. Now, folks, if you could ever get, I, I, what is it, the, the cuts, the excerpts or whatever, we don't do a lot of that. I mean, generally, if we're recording or something, it's just straight through. But if there was ever a show on excerpts and things that we talked about in the breaks and before the programs. Bonus features. Uh, uh, bonus features. There you go. Behind the scenes. This, there would be some uh, during the time that we're in studio together, especially. Uh, so let's see. So far today, we've talked about gun smoke. We've talked about ditches. We've talked about rawhide. And all of this is stuff y'all never got to hear. You, the listener. Never got to hear, but uh, anyway, I, I now I'm going on a tangent, as Alex would say. I'm going down a rabbit hole, but guys, it genuinely is just a lot of fun to be in here with you. Listen, I people don't know what they're missing out on in following Jesus, right? I mean, you see the world through our Father's eyes. And uh, it's amazing. He's created us, and he's created with laughter. You know, the two of things that one of the guys that's influenced my life as much as anybody is Chuck Swindoll and his writings. Oh, yeah. It really is. And he said, I want my family to remember the laughter, Mm -hmm. you know, and laughing about those good things, those solid things, you know. And laughter does good like a medicine. So praise the Lord for this energy, uh, Jim, that we have. And and it it sets us up, gets us ready to go again, you know. Do you know what I think is just one of the great joys of life is, well, work. Now, I'll clarify that in a moment. But to have an assignment or a purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, I honestly think one of the... most painful tortures would be to feel like you didn't have a purpose. But do you know everybody has a purpose? That's exciting. Amen. And, you know, as as we break this down today, by the way, we're continuing with our 12 indisputable truths, and today's truth is you have a purpose. Now, whether you have accepted that purpose, whether you have declared for that purpose and being used for your purpose, is an entirely different subject altogether. But you have a purpose, and so that's one of our 12 indisputable truths. Uh, We're going to talk about that from the Hope and Encouragement Bible that our friends from Tyndall House have provided to us. We're going to give some of those away. We're going to draw for them randomly. So you can send us an email to word at AFR.net, or you can also visit our Facebook page and send us a message that way. Go ahead and send your name and address. I promise you're not signing up for a mailing list. But if you were one of the ones chosen to receive a Bible, then we want to be able to get that to you. Now, I've got a couple of scriptures I want to start with, guys. And as we talk about our purpose, now, obviously, you guys will have more scripture. We'll have other things as as we discuss about this. But in Ecclesiastes, the 12th chapter, And the 13th verse, I would again encourage you to go back and read the context here. But 
It says, that's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. A duty can be our purpose. You know, it's one of those adjectives, if you will, that can be used, or synonyms, which is, yeah, synonym, my bad, um, that can be used. And then another scripture that I want to share is in Acts, the 26th chapter, and it's Saul as he becomes converted to Paul. And Saul has been struck um, because he fell down and a voice to him said, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then when we go down, I like this, guys. It kind of reminds me of Job when God spoke to him out of the whirlwind. And verse 15, Paul says, Who are you, Lord, I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me. And tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you both from your own people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. Now, guys... We may not have a road to Damascus experience to discover our purpose in the Lord, but just as clearly as Paul has, was given a purpose, so too are we given a purpose when we come to know Christ. And that purpose that, that Jim is talking about is yours, you know, yours. Mm-hmm. And uh, we find out Esther came to the kingdom right. for such a time. Could we use and insert the word purpose? Right. You mm-hmm. know, Purpose and timing usually, you know, collide in a good way. Right. And uh, they they conjoin with one another and they work together. God raises us up. Now, I know Alex and I, we've been talking about the different past uh, programs that we watched on TV, like Gunsmoke and Rawhide, but Andy Griffith's show, and it's still playing all the time. And you know, during that period of time, the Andy Griffith show, I, I've said, oh, I would love to go back to that time mm-hmm. in Mayberry. Mm-hmm. But then I found out as I read more about it, they were writing as it were in before World War II in the 19, early 1940s. In other words, the writers, they were setting it in 1960s, if you mm-hmm. remember, but what they were doing was they were setting the mentality of the way it was before World War II, okay? Mm-hmm. You, you catch what I'm saying? Right. We, if we're not careful, we will think our purpose and our times are misplaced, mm-hmm. but they're not. You, you, I hope you understand what I'm saying. We think, well, I was I was born out of out of time right. because uh, my mind doesn't go there. I I want to go back to then. No, God has the purpose and timing now. Mm-hmm. That's that's important for us to realize and and know that. And no, God didn't let you be born earlier. He didn't let you be born later. He let you be born now to fulfill the purpose He has for you. Well, and I think God, uh, where we were born, when we were born, the dynamics of our journey, 
God does everything most conducive for us to come to know Jesus, except, now there's one thing God won't do, and that God won't override your free will. Mm. God will offer you salvation. He'll offer you himself. He won't force you. So that's the the ball. As uh, one gentleman said to me, the ball's in your court. You've got to make the decision. But you're right. We were born at this time. These are the times we've been given. And uh, yet, let me read a verse. We're talking about having a purpose. And I, I think this is profoundly exciting. Everybody, everybody has a purpose, just like God so loved the world. And obviously, folks, finding your purpose and finding your niche and being at peace with what your life is all about. Step one is to know Jesus. And, and I think we would be remiss if we didn't point this out. Um, you are never going to be at peace within yourself. You're never going to feel like you fit until you've got that relationship with Christ. So step one, and I can't say this strongly enough, but the, the first step on your journey to knowing your purpose and knowing all about why you're here and what you're about, it's got to begin with that you know Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, and you can begin that today by calling on the Lord. But in uh, John 15, verse 16, the Lord said this, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. Now, this is amazing. We have been called by God not just to be saved and go to heaven one day, but to actually represent the Lord down here and bear fruit. I mean, look at this. We've been chosen, ordained, sent forth, equipped, preserved, authorized. I mean, we can call on the name of the Father. Right. Isn't that amazing? Um, we've all had jobs, and, um, you know, l- let me say it's an exciting thing when— uh, you get a job, and they'll say, hey, uh, we're going to go take you through orientation, and we're going to give you the code to get in the building. And you think, wow, man, I'm somebody. I'm, I'm really in this thing now. God says, I've chosen you, ordained that you should go forth, bear fruit, and your fruit would remain. You can call on the Father, whatsoever you need, I'll give it. I mean, that's high calling and specific purpose, and it's there for every believer. Are you saying that for the purpose God has for us, he's given us what we need to fulfill that purpose? Amen. That That's something, you know, it's called equipped. You remember what it says in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, that he has called out apostles, prophets, uh, you know, pastor, teachers to do what? to equip the saints. That Ephesians they, 4, 11 exactly, and 12. That's the whole idea, Jim. And you were talking about Ecclesiastes. Right. And we got to come back to it and talk about everything he tried right. before he got to that point in that's life. Right. What we're trying to do is cut short that. You don't have to go and try all that stuff. Right. All that stuff is going to lead to emptiness. The word was vanity in the book of Ecclesiastes. Right. All the things that the world offers, the ultimate end is vanity. It may may look good, it may feel good, but the end it doesn't it doesn't feel that divine vacuum right. that we have within our own soul. And so that purpose, God made us first, as Alex said, to to honestly 
know him. Right. And the other thing is to make him known. We have purpose. We absolutely do. And, you know, as one of the th- topics that we'll cover a little further uh, in the next few days is going to talk about you are equipped. So you have a purpose. And as Bert just mentioned, not only do we have the purpose, not only called according to God's purpose, but we are also will find that we will be equipped. And so that's, you know, as we've talked about, I'm always foreshadowing ahead, right? right? (laughs) Well, but I mean, you know, when we talk about line upon line and precept upon precept, as we walk through these 12 indisputable truths, we see that they are built one on the other and can interchange with each other very easily. And so it continues to reinforce that study. And so I have a scripture, and when you said Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 a moment ago, I was thinking, you've got a different Bible than I do. <laughs> and uh, I, I missed it, man. That, so, yeah. uh, I was trying to get people saved before they got right. equipped. I, I was doing it. Yeah. So uh, 2, 8, and 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Here's the, you know, when you you hear things and people say, here's the money verse, or, mm-hmm. you know, here's the, the point. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Why? Now, that why is inserted by Jim Stanley with the question mark. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago just as he called paul or saul out of the darkness into the light so too does he continue to call us today because we have a purpose you have a purpose and we'll talk more about that straight ahead here on exploring the word on american family radio it's hard to imagine how something so small of days away and what if we gave christmas away this year you know the whole purpose of christmas was is hung if you will on the fact that god gave we take we collect we gather god gave Mm. you know i have i have a collection of coffee cups and inevitably someone will send me one for christmas and i'm grateful for that but again, I, you know, those cups, they're not ever going to do anything besides sit on that shelf. <laughs> I mean, I try, and, I try and work through them and use them, you know, from time to time. But by and large, it's just a collection. Aren't we glad that we as Christians have a purpose? Mm. See, the coffee cups, they have a purpose, but they're sitting on the shelf being unused for the purpose for which they were created. Yeah. We, however are created according to Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are created for a purpose. That creation is special. We know creation is special. That's one of the things, 
it's really been a theme so far for mm-hmm. us in the in these twelve indisputable truths that we we've talked about, and creation has come into just about every one of them, right. guys. That when we look at Genesis and we see what God did and breathed into man the breath of life, and he became a living soul, that changed everything, and he breathed into them with purpose. And and we as we find that purpose and we discover that purpose, uh, I, I do want to talk a little bit about discovering that purpose. Mm-hmm. We know that we're to be saved and glorify God. Now, Alex, that's the ultimate purpose. We understand that. But then there's specific purposes. The general purpose is to glorify God in your bodies. This is the will of God. But finding a specific purpose. Now, I want to ask you this. Jesus lived 30 years at least before he was baptized and began his public ministry. Mm-hmm. How many years did he have a, quote, public ministry here on earth? Three. Three years. years. Yeah. Most of us, we we prepare ourselves three years for our 30-year ministry. Right. That's right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've told people, and I'm going to use this, and this is personal with me. I pastored for 40 years, just about full-time. Now, I was a youth minister some of that time, but I still—I was a youth pastor. I was a mission pastor during that time. I was still pastoring. But the last 10 years, I've been at AFR now, 10 years. We've been doing this program 10 years, guys. It's hard to believe. And uh, it's, it's been a journey. I told Jan, I felt like I said the first 40 years has prepared me for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so— in this, in this purpose, God's ultimate purpose is for you to glorify the Lord. He's given you gifts. That's that workmanship part that you were talking about, yes, sir. Jim. And guess what? The ultimate purpose, but a lot of times that purpose shifts for a different time in your life, uh, for a different uh, ministry kind. And so... Don't be so dug in to what you started in that God might shift you and use you mm-hmm. uh, in a different area. That doesn't mean you throw in the towel. That doesn't mean you give up the ship using all that terminology. But it does mean that you're mobile. Right. Have you noticed every great man in the Bible was mobile? Abraham had to be mobile. I'm going to take you to a country. Mm -hmm. Paul had to be mobile. Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. John the Baptist, mobile. You you catch what I'm, I'm saying? For God's purpose in your life, don't be so dug in to what you're determined to do that you miss what God has for you. That's just some... I, I would say that's more personal, uh, Alex, from where yeah. I'm at. You've been there. You've had to change Alex is focus. Mobile. He is mobile. He goes and goes. But even in your vocation, uh, you know, a seminary president, yeah. you know, work with focus on the family out in Colorado Springs. You had that position and evangelist working here with AFR. Uh, again, y'all catch, your, but the purpose overall was right. But then there's those segments of your life 
that have. I, I don't want anybody to miss that either. You know, um, I, I honestly think that if if we're faithful with A, God will take us to point B. And if we're faithful with B, God will entrust us with point C. And the Lord has been so good to me. I, I don't want to talk about myself, but God, God has well, been Well, I set so it up for you to give this testimony, well, brother. Well, you know, um, it's so funny. Um, Harold Wilmington was just this dear saint of God, brilliant guy. And uh, go to your church library. If your church has a library, I can virtually guarantee in the church library will be Wilmington's Guide to the Bible. It's a great, great book. And so I was his helper, um, and I helped stuff envelopes. He would send out things for Liberty Bible Institute. And one day he said to me, he said, um, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I, I was a youth pastor at that time, and um, my first youth pastor job included cleaning the bathrooms, and I mean it did. It was uh, my but, job description included custodial work, and I was happy to do it. You know, and he said, "I don't know." He said, "Alex, I have it in my head you're going to be a seminary president one day," and this is you know thirty plus years ago, and I was like, "I don't think that'll ever happen." <laughs> um, and then. Um, you know, I, I got to tell you, God's done a lot of things. Um, here's the thing. The, it's, I honestly believe in serving the Lord, it's not the assignment you get, but the one who gives the assignment. Understand that whether it's preaching a sermon or cleaning the bathrooms, and I've done both, when the Lord asks you to do something, understand um, I, I think a lot of people think, well, I would serve the Lord if I were given some grandiose assignment, you know, uh, like Billy Graham or whatever. No, listen, when Jesus gives you an assignment, maybe over Christmas, maybe you're going to take a meal to a shut-in. That's every bit as glorious as standing up in a pulpit in front of masses of people and what makes your purpose so special is not the specifics of, of the assignment, but the one who called you. Understand, and I really believe this, when you're doing something for King Jesus, if it's to go and run the weed eater and cut the grass at the church, uh, or if it's to empty the wastebaskets, when you're doing it for King Jesus, right. it's holy work. That's right. Amen. You know, uh, as as we think about that and we think about some of the different things of our purpose, you know, it, it always seems that we want to lean towards the more grandiose things. You want the more noticeable things. But at the same time, and I say this because I've seen you in both atmospheres. I've seen you where you're the speaker, but I've also seen you where you're the guy that's taping stuff to the floor. You know, um, it's uh, all for Jesus. And and that's exactly what you say. And Bert, I've seen you the same way, you know, Um, and it reminds me that if we are going to do anything for God, we have to be able and have to have that same mind that was in Christ Jesus, that we are willing to serve one another. Now, one of the purposes I was going to talk about was our spiritual gifts. But I want to I want to put a pause on that for just a moment, because I want to come back to this idea of servanthood. Everyone's purpose is to be a servant. Your job may not be to fill the pulpit. Your job may be the one to put the bottle of water in the pulpit for the speaker to be able to use to clear their throat, Mm. you know, at that given time. Your job may not be the choir director. 
It may be to sing the alto part and the choir. Um, oh, my gosh. There, and you guys know it all comes back to either food or music for me. Uh, but there was a song, Amen. and I can't, I can't remember who sang it, but uh, nobody wants to play rhythm guitar behind Jesus. Everybody wants to be the lead singer in the band. Yeah. you know. And so I, I think that we have to be careful of that, and we have to embrace this idea of servanthood. Yeah. Amen. Let me, you was talking about spiritual gifts. I'd written it down. Mm-hmm. I'm at the age now where I have to write it down one minute or the next minute it's gone. Right. So I wrote down spiritual gifts. And uh, one of the ways, and I thought about this and comparing it to Ecclesiastes, you don't need to do Ecclesiastes. You don't have to try education fulfilling your life, although right. education is important. You don't have to try getting rich, although God provides. You don't have to, you know, try partying. You know, you, you need to do what you said, and that is the whole duty of man is to follow God and keep his commandments, Mm -hmm. find your purpose. In spiritual gifts, I found out, I know you can take a test, right? but (laughs) but I am telling you the best way is to get in there, and it ties into just what you said, serve, serve. And and I've done this before, and I forgot who was the first person that did it. My son, Nathan, is the one that taught it to me. Find out your spiritual shape for your purpose, S-H-A-P-E, and that is A-S is your spiritual gift. A-H is your heart or your passion. Mm -hmm. What are you passionate? It may be an age group. I know people that are passionate for children or senior adults. They're passionate about that. And then the abilities God's given you, the ability to sing, the ability to speak, the ability to encourage, and then personality. God's given us... uh, I'm glad y'all two don't have the same personality I do. It would right. be it it would be so, you know, bad, it'd be horrible, you know. They they want to know what personality I am and Jan says weird and uh, <laughs> you know, that's no way. that's who we are and then the E is experiences. S H A P E. Try those five areas of your life and fulfill your purpose in in using them. Your heart your spiritual gifts, your abilities, your personality, your experience. They do help you fulfill God's purpose for your life. Amen. Well, you know, it, it, it really is a privilege just to think that the good Lord would need, he doesn't need us, but he would use us. He would use us. And you know what? Um, I think about where we just did a big conference, First Baptist Myrtle Beach. There's a gentleman down there named Curtis. And uh, he may hear this program, but I learned over the course of working on this conference, he goes every Sunday really early, probably 7 in the morning, and he sets the bulletins at every doorway, and he makes sure the doors are opened, and he greets people. And he's got some people that helps him. But I learned really quickly, this dear brother makes the building set for Sunday morning, Mm. and then... Uh, goodness, I, I think we, we probably know hundreds of people across uh, the the people that put the bottle of water up on the pulpit, the people who get the Sunday school rooms ready. And you know what? You, what you do, no matter what way you serve, whether it's your family or your church or your neighborhood, you matter. You have a purpose. And uh, I, I really think up in heaven, it's going to be a great day when we see um, there have been the the, the Christian figures that we know and love, that's great. Praise God. But I think a big part of the celebrations of heaven, Christ is going to acknowledge 
those people that were behind the scenes that the world never knew about down here. And you matter, folks. You really, really matter. And I want to say you matter to us at AFA, and you pray for us. I get so many hundreds of little emails and mementos throughout the year. People say, I pray for exploring the Word. Amen. And we just want to say thanks. Amen. Let me say this about serving the Lord. There's a new one kind of in the last 20 years, security, right. that has come to be vital. I, um, The church where I am, interim pastor, First Baptist Church, Baldwin, and those men and one or two women that are on the security detail, they take their jobs seriously. They're looking, they're, they're not only security, they're the greeters too, yeah. you know? And aren't you, it, I found out, especially with some of the men that felt like they didn't have a lot to offer, they have stepped up to the plate in that area, and man, they are serving the Lord, and uh you know, that's what it is. Open your mind to what God could use all your abilities you're passionate about, and he will, and you will be purposeful. Let's talk about that. Purpose, out of that you get purposeful life. You get a purposeful exist. You're not just existing. You're serving him with gladness. Uh, a lot of times people are serving the Lord in drudgery because it's just a job. Right. But when you understand that job is God's purpose for you, it brings a newness and an awareness that brings joy to your heart. Absolutely. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. We're talking about uh, 12 indisputable truths. And in talking about those, we have found that they kind of build on one another and they go through that. But the reason we're doing this, the reason we've taken this time to study these 12 indisputable truths is because our friends at Tyndall House Publishing made some Bibles available to us. And we're going to give those away. And uh, you, the way there, there's no great big trivia question you have to answer. Uh, it's just going to be random. Uh, and, I, and I really mean that. And so it's not going to be random by Jim Stanley. Well, kind of. <laughs> let, me, let me clarify. Um, what I'll do is, you know, let's say we have 50 people, you know, or we have 100 people. Then I'm going to take, and there's a program that's a randomizer. And I say, okay, choose me 10 numbers or choose me 15 numbers. And so it comes back and it just literally generates these numbers. It's randomizer. Random, randomizer. Amen. How about that? Amen. And Good. so uh, that's how we'll do that. And, uh, you know, so when you do, when you send us the email to word at AFR.net or you send us a message through Facebook, go ahead and include your full mailing address so that we can get those to you. Well, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the spiritual gifts a little more. We're going to have some more scripture and we're going to talk about your purpose in Christ here on AFR. been a baby born who didn't have a sweet head you know their babies are always beautiful and we know that's not always true you know bless their hearts there are some babies that 
just aren't beautiful. Have I you was... looked at my baby pictures or something, Jim? <laughs> That's what I was thinking about, my own. <laughs> but uh, anytime I hear that song, I think about creation and the life. And it, and it brings us back to how we talked about Genesis. And then as I've referred to John, the first chapter, where the word became flesh and dwelt among us. You know, it, it's one of those things that we realize that God has a purpose for his creation. And God has a purpose for us. And that's what we're talking about today with the 12 indisputable truths that we've been covering. Amen. And today, you have a purpose. And one of the ways that we can find our purpose, and Bert, you alluded to it earlier, there have been a lot of churches over the years that have given tests on how you can find your spiritual gift. You know what, fellas? That paper, it will lay there and it will let you write whatever you want to on it. And so you can kind of tweak what you want your spiritual gift to be. But it comes back to something Bert said earlier, is that you immerse yourself into the work that you believe God's called you for, and you'll see that it's either, it, it's either a fit or it's not. Don't be fake about it. Don't just want to be that lead singer. You know, be willing to be the backup singer. Be willing to be the backup drummer, any of those things. And so when we look at it in 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, in verse 4, it says there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. And then from there on, it begins to go through some of the spiritual gifts. And, and, but one of the things I want to say here is go back and look at verse 6 again. God works in different ways. Bert, earlier you said that it was great that Alex and I weren't just like you. You know, it's really great that you and Alex aren't just like me. Um, we all have different giftings. We all have different works that we're able to do. And so, you know, when you look at, and, and I say this again, and I don't want to embarrass him, but when you think about Alex and some of the things that he's done, he's worked with James Dobson, you know, closely with Focus on the Family in the past. Uh, he still worked with Dr. Dobson some as he's moved on to Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. You know, uh, he and, and you have been pastor for many years, senior pastor, and now even retired. Uh, I don't think you truly understand what that word means, brother. <laughs> so, but uh, there's no retirement for God's no, servants. No, there's not. And so you have these different giftings, and you have these different things that God uses you for. The same is true for all of us, but it comes back to the fact that we have a purpose. And so God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. It is. And those spiritual gifts, again, I pastoring as many years as I did, I taught about spiritual gifts because mm -hmm. I believe you, you serve God best in the equipment that he has given you. And uh, so discover that spiritual gift. And yes, I've seen people take those tests and I've even said, if you want to, and I usually say it that way, go. But I have found out the best way to do it is, is, is serving. 
We would have a teacher training program at, at one of the churches where I pastored, and we would we would have people come in, and they would teach them the basics of, of teaching and how to teach, like in a Sunday school mm-hmm. class. But guess what we'd do? Then we'd let them work in the preschool. Then we'd let them work two weeks in the children. Then we'd let them work as, you know, working two weeks with the youth and the adults so that they would have the experience because, oh, I love— you can love something and yet not be the person that does the best work there. But that is the way they would find out. And they said, man, I'm I'm in the children. We found some of our best children's workers that way. Yeah. We found some of the youth workers that way. And so serving the Lord, there's the old hymn. Y'all guys, y'all do music a lot better than I do, but you don't enjoy it any more than I do. <laughs> but there's this song, serve the old song, serve the Lord with gladness mm-hmm. in your works and ways. Uh, people always come up to on and me, and they've asked it many times on Exploring the Word when they call in, uh, and and they will talk about their life. You know, they want to bring joy to it. One, yeah, you read your Bible, you pray, uh, you you listen to music, but I want to tell you, you serve. Mm. You will not have the joy of the Lord until you are in some kind of service to others. I, I, I'm just telling you, I don't care what it is. We was talking about in one of our programs, a guy, when it's raining, that goes with an umbrella and helps people. Maybe the lady that does that or someone, it doesn't matter. I know this lady, first name is Shirley, and uh, she got saved uh, in her 30s, early, uh, early 30s, and she had a house full of kids, and she got saved, and they found out she wanted to serve and she said, I changed diapers. Mm-hmm. And so guess where she found her lodging for the first year and a half of her ministry? In the nursery. She took her time. And she said, I changed diapers. And she did it under the Lord. Mm-hmm. Listen, uh, we were talking about knowing great pastors. One of the pastors that I met was Debbie A. Criswell. And it was with our son, Nathan. And uh, Dr. Chris was in Kansas City, Southern Baptist Convention, and he was coming out of the door as we were coming in. He saw us pushing that little, you know, cart with Nathan in it, and he knelt down. He said, you know, stroked his head, and he said, you know, those are the most important people in church. And I said, they are? And he said, yes, he's never seen one come without somebody else. He always brings, they always bring somebody with them. Everybody has a purpose, that baby that young person, but find that spiritual gift by serving. Uh, serve one another. Jesus puts a premium on that, doesn't he? Well, he does. And you, you talk about the, the people that keep the nursery. Uh, one thing that I've learned in traveling is that um, the nursery workers are also great intercessors. Oh, yeah. And many of those ladies that keep the nursery are praying over those little babies. And, uh, you know, we don't know. I think when we get to heaven, uh, I often speculate about heaven and the great the crowning day you know there's that old song is this the crowning day we're going to find out who was serving and how god rewards and what a grand day that'll be but i think we're also going to find out about who prayed for us and uh you know whenever i'm on the road preaching and it has been such a joy to travel and uh see this incredible tapestry of churches all over north america and i always try to go back and say a word to the people teaching Sunday school and say a word to those ladies in the nursery 
uh, because they're doing a great work. And what we're saying to you folks is you have a purpose. You really do. Let me read a scripture if I could, because, you know, earlier, Bert, you talked about Ephesians 4, how God gave pastors, teachers, and evangelists, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And it says um, in Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. Now, that's a mouthful. Okay, but the whole body of Christ, the, the body, men, women, young people, we're all believers, fitly joined together. In other words, arranged mm-hmm. Um, maybe you've seen there, there's a piece of equipment in a, in a wood shop called a joiner. I don't know if you've ever seen a joiner. By the way, furniture and wood is put together with what's called a biscuit joint. I'm thinking about biscuits. <laughs> anyway, the joiner cuts this groove and it makes the wood fused together. See, God takes the pieces, and if we'll let the Holy Spirit of God do this, join us together together. Every part of the body fitly joined together, compacted, and that really means like connected, glued together. God has chosen every joint for the effectual working of the measure of his plan. And you have a plan. Brothers and sisters, individual listener, you have a place in God's equation. You really do. Um, You matter. You matter. So maybe what God would have you do today is you're listening to this show. Say, Lord, how can I serve you? Just ask God. Mm-hmm. He will answer you. He will reveal it somehow or another. Ask God what your role is and how you can serve. You know, you were talking about the body, uh, the body of Christ and our body itself being fitly joined together. Let me tell you something. Your knee is a unique creation. I think about that. Your knee is a unique creation. And we talked about earlier how nobody wants to necessarily have that supporting role. Well, you see the knee, you feel the knee bones, and you feel the kneecap and all of that. But what you don't see and don't feel necessarily are the ligaments that help hold that together fitly and compactly. Now, let me tell you something. You tear one of those tendons... You'll know about it. You'll, you'll know, and your knee doesn't work as well as it should. And so the same is true within the body of Christ. If we aren't doing what we are supposed to do, then we will impact the rest of our body. So we do have a purpose, and our purpose is to serve God as, as we are supposed to, as we are called to. But we don't necessarily want to be that tendon that causes the body not to be able to do what the body has been called to do. Are you saying that we're not to say, I have no need of you? That's right. That's exactly what Paul said, that you better not say, I have no need of you. The eye better not say to the hand, I have no need of you. You know, in our physical body, some of the unseen things are the most crucial. They are. I'll, I'll give you one word, and many men can relate. Discs. Oh, my word. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Bulging, ruptured. And, and let me tell you, uh, you we, we think about the, the visible things like our face or whatever or our voice. Knees, discs, joints. Uh, those things are not seen, but aren't they vital? 
And within the body of Christ, there are people that are not seen, but they're vital. And friends, God loves you. We love you. You matter. You have purpose. You know, I've, I've referred to this man before on this program, but uh, his first name was Galen. And uh, he started coming to the church where I was pastoring, he and his wife, Dottie. And, man, they were so encouraging. Man, it was like, man, we, we've looked and we've looked. We talk about how they would come and enjoy the preaching and the worship. And, uh, you know, they were serving the Lord. And I was able to visit them and found out their history. You know, they could not do what they once did, but they didn't, they didn't want to be put on a shelf. So guess what? They were able to transition from teaching a Sunday school class to be an encouragement of sending cards and praying for everyone. You, you've got to be ready to make that transition spiritually in your purpose from, from I know, pastors, you know, and they've lost their voice. They literally lost mm-hmm. their voice. But they did not lose God's calling on their life, and they transitioned. They began to become more chaplains because they could speak, but they could not do it continually. So be ready. Those of us that are you are listening, and it's uh, real close to Christmas, and you feel like, well, I used to cook a big family meal, and now I can't. Uh, you still have purpose. I, I used to be able to travel home and I'm having to stay home this Christmas. God still has purpose for you there. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, I, I don't know. I can't get out. Well, if you've got a telephone or if you can, you know, call someone, encourage someone, call someone that needs a word of encouragement and say, man, I just want you to thank you, Jim, yeah. for doing and being who you are. Let me share this, and uh, time is drawing to a close. Part of this purpose, and I've saved this into the close to the last because I wanted to, is thankfulness. Mm. Listen, if you are going to dwell in how someone wronged you, if you're going to dwell how things were so hard for you, you are stuck. You're in a rut. And I want to tell you, God's purpose for you is not to be in that rut. God, uh, you know what a rut is? It's a pit where the ends have been broken out. Right. You're still in that pit. God says, I want to bring you out of that pit. I want to take you out of that miry clay. I want to set your feet on a solid rock, and I'm going to put a new song in your heart. That's what God wants to do for you right now. You're hurting you're you're alone, you feel like you've been rejected, God has come and he wants to let you know he loves you. And as Alex said, that purpose starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. And only through Christ can you find your eternal purpose. And so trust Christ right now. Ask him to come into your life. Ask him to forgive you of your sin and say, Lord, I'm yours now and forever. I'm trusting you completely. And so he will bring that purpose into your life and you will have, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. He'll give you a new season of life, guys. Amen. And that Amen. new season has sunrise. It has purpose in it, doesn't it? It does. And, you, you know, um, a lot of people get a second career, a second journey, 
Uh, don't ever rule out, oh, my goodness, I'm living proof. Don't ever rule out what God wants to do and when God wants to do it in your journey. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Well, you know, we have talked today about you have a purpose. Uh, tomorrow we're going to talk about your held. And so these are some neat things that we've talked about and the 12 indisputable truths that we found in the Bible. And today we talked about purpose, Ecclesiastes 12, 13. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty or purpose. Thanks for listening today. Jim Stanley for Alex McFarland and Brother Bert Harper. We encourage you, if you've missed some of these, to go back and listen at AFR.net to our podcast page. We encourage you to tell someone about exploring the Word and AFR, but we also encourage you to tell everyone about Jesus.